Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, April 1st, 2019. I'm Eric, he's Tristan. With us today, the awesome, unforgettable, courageous editorial watchdog, Leo Howell, though for the last time, and the just as awesome top researcher slash emergency producer, no, I don't understand, Kyle Soppy is here as well. It's the foursome. One last time. Uh, we've got a whole weekend to discuss, Tristan, of baseball. Uh, there's only one undefeated team. I will let you guess which team that. <laughs> no idea. Uh, I was happy. No idea. No idea. <laughs> we, uh, we have a player homering in literally every game, which I did not predict. Uh, we have mass ads and drops as fantasy managers, as always, overreact. Uh, there's extreme lack of clarity with closer situations. In other words, it's simply the first full week of a big league season, like always. I do not believe that fantasy leagues have already been won or lost. Do you? No. Have you won or lost a league already? No. But you lied. It's not even a full week yet. It's only four days in the books, and it's already madness. I love it. Oh, I love it. Thank you, baseball, for coming back. And for games that count, yay. Yay is right. All right, let's get this. Lots to get to on this today's show. We have two shows a week. Not enough time. Let's get to it right away. Here's the buzz. Okay, this is the topic of my blog article today. We'll see. Um, three of the top five on the player radar are Mariners. The Mariners just beat up the Red Sox. They scored 34 runs in four games. They scored 28 runs in 15 innings off Boston starting pitchers. And we can debate which starting pitchers are, you know, the best and which aren't. Obviously, mm. uh, producer doesn't like one of them. Mm. But, um, Tristan, <laughs> in a general sense, I, early on in this show, I just want to get your take on what's real and what's not. To me, very little has changed. If you drafted a player, you did it for a reason. And nothing changed in one start or a weekend of at-bats. You know I've, I'm, I love Domingo Santana, and I made that clear in the blog. But I'm not recommending Tim Beckham or Ryan Healy. I like Jack Peterson to a degree, but I'm not changing my season projections for him either. And we'll get to the pitchers, Chris Sale and Eduardo Rodriguez. So is there anybody you've really changed your mind on already? Not really, no. And we'll get to, for example, the Seattle Mariners bullpen, which had changed because of an injury. But beyond that, no. As a matter of fact, I've gone back to my rankings a couple of times trying to see whether there's anything I would change, even in a minor way. And I'm not really compelled to do it yet. A lot of the players who are doing things that are very extraordinary are ones that we already made account. We accounted for those things in the projections. You mentioned Peterson a minute ago. He was one who I did expect to hit for a little power, but the playing time is still in question. Tim Beckham still got some questions about playing time over the course of the year. I don't know that we can really react too much to that uh, so far. A little surprised by, for example, a high on the player rater, Colton Wong. But again, the projection I have for the full season has questions. Can't change that yet either. The only thing I was really looking at is taking notes on guys who looked a little bit more impressive or not. I, as a matter of fact, I was watching the Chris Paddock start. I wanted to see pitch by pitch how this thing went. I was impressed by what I saw there. That kind of solidifies the, the optimistic projection I had at the end of spring training. Looking at some of the fastball velocities just so I can take notes to track these guys over their next couple of starts. Paddock was so good. If Chris he really was, yeah. Paddock is is good. 
But, like, that doesn't change anything we thought. We knew he was good. All we don't know is if he gets 150 innings or not. Like, if he had given up five runs in that outing, I still wouldn't have changed my mind. I'm not changing my mind on Chris Sale. I'm not changing my mind on Zach Greinke. Right. I'm not changing my mind on Tim Beckham. Like, Colton Wong could have had a week like this in June, and nobody would have cared. Sale could have gotten lit in an outing in Seattle in June. By the way, Seattle's offense is not that bad. There's professional hitters in that lineup. Edwin Encarnacion's fine. I like Santana. They they have a decent offense. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. So the Red Sox are going to be fine. Nobody in Boston should be worried. But we're obviously seeing a lot of ad drops. We're seeing a lot of tweets. Should I cut this guy? I'll say this. With hitters, nothing that – Mike Alfranco, great. But he's not going to hit 40 home runs. With pitchers, I'm looking at change in velocity. A new pitch, yep. a bad pitch, a pitch that isn't working. Obviously an injury – with Sale, the velocity was down. With Granky, the velocity is always down. Yep. I, I really don't think I'm going to overreact to anything that I saw this weekend at all, except for opportunity and injury. That's the only things. Right, and not a lot really happened there. And again, as I was saying, four days versus seven has a little bit to do with that. So maybe on Thursday we're a little bit more reactionary. To your point about the velocities, I actually am more interested in the guys who gain velocity than I am in the ones who lost velocity. The ones who lost velocity, I tweeted about this, Anybody, and a, yeah. a lot of people overreacted. It doesn't mean I'm downgrading them. They're just in my notebook. This guys, I need to track to see whether this is a trend going forward. The ones who gained. Ronaldo Lopez gained a lot of velocity in his first start. Uh, Colin McHugh gained a decent amount of velocity in his first start. Another promising thing. Steven Strasburg could be a potential sign of good health here. Uh, gained a bit in terms of fastball velocity. And Eduardo Rodriguez. So therefore, who went right down in the notebook. I'm not changing my rankings of them or my projections, but I'm interested. We have breaking news on an injury list in for a top 20 hitter. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show, so you want to stick around for that. Well, you probably know by now anyway. Um most added list, let's just go through that just ever so briefly here. You tell me, yes or no. Would you add these guys? This is in order. Tim Beckham of Seattle, yes or no? Only if there's need, so no. For need? What could there be need in a 10 or a 12-team standard mixed? No. The answer is no on there, Tim Beckham. There could, well, yeah, no. okay. In, in a 10, well, I'm expanding it to more people than that. I've, I've got a couple leagues where I did look at Tim Beckham as an ad. And in an I AL only, said, yes. In our standard league, which is actually a points league, not a roto, I wouldn't add him in a points or a roto. I, I tweeted this out during Jordan Zimmerman throwing the perfect game. And I'm like, I don't care if he completes the perfect game. I'm still not adding him. And people were like, you're nuts. He's awesome now. No, he's not. No, he's it's not. It's one outing. Mm-hmm. If you want to add, if you want to add Zimmerman, good luck. If you want to add Lucas Giolito, I won't tell you not to, as long as you're not dropping like Porcello, for example, or Eduardo Rodriguez. In a general sense, don't cut guys who were supposed to be your number two, three, or four starters to pick up Lucas Giolito, who had one outing against a terrible offensive team. By the way, right? Giolito, uh, a quick right. note on him is that he actually showed one of, and it's one start, again, not panicking here, the largest uh, declines in fastball velocity in that outing. So there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors involved. I'm not going anywhere near Lucas Giolito. I'm if you want to stash him on your bench and you're not dropping anybody important, if you're dropping Nick Senzel or Hunter Renfro or Archie Bradley, who's not getting saves, go for it. But anyway, other added players. Fernando Tatis, obviously you add him in all formats. Domingo Santana, I've been saying this for months, add him in all formats. Enrique Hernandez, they just destroyed Arizona pitching. Hernandez and Peterson. I, I think they're bench guys in a 10 or 12 teamer, but Hernandez can play middle infield. He's got power. Paddock, add. Stroman, not top 50 starter, maybe. 
Maybe. Yeah, the, the Ks really are, are the only reason I think that's debatable. But that was a very good first outing. Did watch uh, almost every pitch he threw in that game. Very impressed by that. Uh, Hernandez, by the way, the quick note on him is hitting righties a little bit more effectively, showing some power there, does make him a borderline uh, play. I'd say in the 12-team mixed leagues. And I think the position flexibility has quite a bit to do with that. Greg Holland is the top closer being added. I know you hate him, but he is number eight on the most added list. He's their closer. It's clear. Colton Wong is number nine. Adam, we Colton Wong or Enrique Hernandez? You have one spot. Who is Hernandez it? by a good margin? Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I didn't think it'd be by a good margin, but I would agree it's Hernandez. Urias being added. Healy. You don't want Ryan Healy. Luke Voigt. I'd take Luke Voigt over Ryan Healy. Um, let's put it that way. Uh, we'll get to the closers. Uh, let's go now to the injuries here, and we'll leave the closers out. We'll get that in the carousel. Daniel Murphy of the Rockies. Uh, tendon damage in his finger. It's fractured. He's meeting today with a specialist. It might be more than two weeks. It might be two months. If you roster Daniel Murphy, and I'll include Justin Upton here too. Upton's out two to three months. Scooter Jeanette's out two to three months. Murphy could be out two to three months. In order, do you keep these guys stashed? Do you cut them? Oh boy. Uh, I, you know, I mean, considering who's on the DL so far and we only have one spot in our leagues, you've got to be aggressive with your moves and it means you're going to probably have to let these guys go. Murphy is the one who stands out to me as try to try as much as you can to keep him. I think just based on the fact that he's got that great contact ability, he's got a little bit of a loft to his swing, and he's got Coors Field working for him, even if he does miss, say, two months or so, I think there's enough potential there that for now, that's the first one I would be keeping on my deals. But Upton, I really hate to let him go. I guess, <laughs> I, I don't know, I'm a fan. Uh, he's very consistent before this injury. I, I'd try to keep him, but he'd be second on that list. Yeah, um, no, I think I'd keep Jeanette now over Upton. If you can get that at production at second base, and they're going to miss the same amount of time, I think that's what I would do there. You, 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 are, the as, you are as anti-position flexibility as anybody else out there, or uh, position scarcity as anybody out there. Why Jeanette over Upton? Yeah, you got to explain that. I, I, I love Jeanette. If, if, if they were both healthy, I would take Jeanette over Upton. So if they're both going to miss the same amount of time, why wouldn't I do the same? The difference Upton, here is that Jeanette yeah. was injured a while ago. And Upton was not. But if they're both going to miss two to three months, and I like Jeanette better anyway, it's really not about the position. I understand you attacking me there, but it's really, to me, I just like Jeanette better than Upton. But you explained it well. I mean, and and if you personally prefer Jeanette over Upton, then I completely understand it. That does explain it. For me, it's Upton over Um, Your Yankees uh, are disabling their number three hitter. That's uh, Giancarlo Stanton. They're calling up Clint Frazier today. What is this? The latch strain with Stanton? That could be a a left bicep strain. Oh, it's a bicep strain. So the lat would be far worse, the biceps. So this might be a short-term injury. Um, obviously, you're not dropping Stanton. But what do you do with the Yankee outfielders over the next, say, two weeks, Tristan? Is Frazier, Frazier a must-add? I, I don't think he is. Um, Brett Gardner didn't hit this weekend. Hicks is still not back. Frazier might play. I, I think he might well play. This is a tremendous opportunity for him considering all the other injuries clearing the spot for him so he's got to hit right away he's had a lot of bad luck in terms of injuries I think in anything that's deeper than our standard game and as a matter of fact deeper than I'll say the 12 team uh, 12 team mixed leagues I would be adding him just because he's a good speculative play throw him onto your bench if you have the space to do it because he will play pretty regularly the Yankee lineup I'm a little bit concerned about now though because this does shake things up a little bit more Hicks losing the guy who's going to be the leadoff man was a bit of a problem in the first place Losing the number three hitter at this stage also kind of shakes things up a bit. So I expect to see a little rotation as the Yankees try to, you know, put something together over the next several days. 
All right, in 30 seconds, we talk saves. By the way, getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it is hard to know who to trust. And that's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, listeners to this fine show get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FFB today. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Now we talk saves. The Closer Carousel. Craig Craig Kimbrell remains unemployed. But with the news that Corey Knable needs Tommy John surgery, maybe that doesn't last for long. I think, Tristan, the Brewers are going to get Jeremy Jeffers back in a week. Now, I don't hate Josh Hader by any means. But if Josh Hader were to get 35 saves with his strikeout rate and ERA and whip, this would be the best closer season of all time, arguably. I just wow. don't think that's going to happen. What do you think happens with the Brewer bullpen? I, I do think Jeffress is going to probably get the majority of saves when he's healthy at this point. He pitched quite effectively last year. As long as there's not any lingering injury issues, I do think he's probably going to figure in there because you can use Hader a little bit better as a two-inning kind of guy setting him up. And I think he will still get saves, but we might be looking at 20 versus 15 from that day going forward. But yeah, you're right. Hader could put up an all-time year if he is the guy. There's The, the, the path is right there ahead of him. There's just no indication that Craig Council wants to do that. He didn't do it last year, and Knievel wasn't effective for half the year. I, I just feel like even Jacob Barnes would get some saves. Or Jimmy Nelson, who frankly could end up in the bullpen getting saves. That, that was rumored this weekend as well. Now, I do not hate the Brewers, people. I've got Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff on half my teams. I don't hate Christian Yelich. I will admit he's going to hit 25 home runs probably by the end of April. All right, <laughs> So that production was just wrong. <laughs> yeah, And I admit it, okay? He's obviously... The, the, the fly ball tendency he had in the final six weeks of last season is still here. Cardinals pitchers could do nothing with him. Yelich could have a month. Yelich could hit 45 home runs this year. I admit it. But hater, I'm not backtracking there. Again, I have nothing against any of your teams. Okay. Um, I would add Jeremy Jeffers now just yep. in case. Because yep. I feel like in two weeks he's going to get a lot of saves for a really good team. That's all. All right. Moving on. Next save situation for Seattle. So who, who gets the call there? I I I picked up. So Hunter Strickland got the saves in Tokyo, and then he has a right last year. He's out months, people. Don't keep Hunter Strickland rostered in your league. He's out months. I thought the next guy to get was Corey Guerin. And in a league that you and Leo are in, I actually picked him up in, like, the email reserve rounds. And that looked ridiculous when Guerin couldn't throw a strike on Sunday. Clearly it wasn't Nick Rumbelow who got Saturday's save and then <laughs> yeah. came in Sunday in the fifth inning. Somebody added him too. I, I Chase and Bradford, I mean, I don't know who Seattle's next closer is. I, I think I would avoid it, right? Yeah. Can, can I be a jerk and just say who cares? <laughs> I look. No, I, well, every I situation matters. No, I don't think it, I don't think this one matters. I, I really I feel like this is just a mix and match of ordinary kind of guys 
And, all right, I can make the case for Anthony Swarzak when he's healthy, which probably will happen within about a week's time. But I'm not excited about it. That, that feels like when – remember when he, he filled in for the Mets very briefly and had maybe two weeks' worth of value? I feel like we're looking at that. You're, you're chasing saves. You're throwing away fab resources. Don't do it. Um, some pitch, some relief pitchers I like more after the week. And again, now this is about opportunity and performance. That's the difference. Archie Bradley can be awesome. He's not their closer for Arizona. Greg Holland has to be moved up your list, even if, again, he's going to have a bad ERA. He might be Shane Green of the National League, but I think he's going to get the saves. I think Baltimore has been opened up now. It's not necessarily Michael Givens. He pitched in the eighth inning yesterday. I think Boston's clearly Matt Barnes if they get another save chance. I think there's, I'm concerned about Razel Iglesias. I don't think he's Cincinnati's closer. I think he's a setup man, for okay. da- probably for David Hernandez, uh, as you had projected early in the season. I'm not Kansas there City. yet. I'm I'm not there yet with you on Cincinnati. I, I see where I see where it's heading with him, but I'm not convinced that that's locked in yet. If you had to add one Royals relief pitcher, would it be Ian Kennedy? Yeah, I, I guess. As a matter of fact, there is a, a super deep league I have where I did put in a claim on him. So, yeah, that's probably where I'd go. I mean, I mean, obviously, Kansas City to me is a little bit like Seattle. We don't know for sure, but Ian Kennedy's at least been around a while. You know? he, he also so got the he manager the statement. He got the manager statement also this weekend after that game in which he got the save that he likes Peralta and he likes Kennedy as options in the ninth inning. And the fact that that came with the move of Ian Kennedy unexpectedly to the bullpen at the end of spring training signaled to me something about the having the manager's uh, trust here. So I, from that aspect, I feel like at least the, there was the finger pointing at him like, this is my guy. Uh, bad weekend for Jordan Hicks and Andrew Miller. I would not. I think if you tell me one team that gets Craig Kimbrell in the next three days, I think it's the Cardinals. Okay. And that would be great, but not good for Hicks or Miller. Well, Miller, we didn't expect for saves anyway. Um, any other situations of note here? Doolittle didn't pitch great, but he, he got the win. Trevor Roosevelt looked bad. I really think now the Phillies, no Philly closer will get 20 saves. I think they'll share it. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning good. that di- I'm so. leaning that direction with you as well. Uh, I, I feel like they're gonna. That's very much a mix and match. As a matter of fact, it's alarming how many truly mix and match bullpens we discovered there are this weekend. The Minnesota Twins being the next one that comes to mind for me, where Taylor Rogers was the only guy who came on in relief in the opening game, which signaled to me. I mean, yeah, the matchups did dictate that it was worthwhile <laughs> using him, but that he might be every bit up there with guys like Blake Parker, who pitched the ninth in I think the second game, and Trevor May. I I think the Twins will mix a match under Rocco Baldelli, so definitely a big change there. All right, we love versatile players, the homers, the steals. Here is our first edition of the Combo Meals. Hey, it's a Combo Meal! All right, and these three gentlemen steal a lot of bases, but they're not really known for their power. Trey Turner had a two-home run game on Sunday. Delano DeShields hit a grand slam off an angry Cole Hamels, who just was not getting the close pitches in his return to Texas. And there's Malik Smith, who has very little power. Um, but these guys could all steal. I mean, Turner, we're expect- I'm expecting 50 steals. DeShields, I'm expecting 25. Malik Smith, I'll say 30. You agree with all that? Yeah, and I might even up the, up a couple of those saves. Uh, I'm sorry, steals projections. Uh, Turner, as a matter of fact, I think could get more than that. The fact that he stole three bases on opening day 
kind of signal that maybe Dave, Dave Martinez was serious about the giving him 75 to 80 attempts. And I think, think Malik Smith, based on his raw speed, I think could exceed your 30 steals there. I like the number as a projection, but I think he could exceed it. I think he, I think they all could. The question is health with a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, And Seattle's – I think Seattle's manager realizes D. Gordon should bat ninth and Malik Smith should bat first. One of them gets on base. Um, so, But they when they hit consecutively, they could – make havoc on the, on the bases. Um, looking at the schedule now for the next couple of days, our next show is not till Thursday. Four games, a quadruple header on ESPN today, starting, well, you probably, it's probably already started if you're listening. Uh, Cardinals and Pirates will avoid that one. But later in the day, White Sox and Indians, Indians look bad, not hitting at all. Uh, Cubs at Braves, Braves pitchers, not a good weekend, but they didn't have their best pitchers out there. And then the very late night game, Drew Pomerantz, of San Francisco at the Dodgers and Julio Urias. I, I'm watching Urias. Now, the Giants' offense is dreadful, one of the worst in baseball. But if Urias is available in your league, add him now before he pitches tonight. You don't, I mean, and probably I would activate. I don't know who the second start of the week is against, but that's, that's an upside guy. Course. No, then I'm not activating him, but I'm stashing him for sure because he could be really good. And we know that. Um, ESPN Plus has the Mets and the Marlins, Caleb Smith. Pitching for the Marlins against Steven Matz. You could argue you'd rather have Caleb Smith, not only tonight, but long term. You can make that argument. Yeah, you, you definitely could. And as a matter of fact, I, I would start him for that one. I like the two start matchups for those in the weekly leagues. Uh, I think he's also an underrated option in the points leagues because he gets more Ks than people think that he does. Uh, so definitely him. I, I also like the Matt Strom matchup against Arizona. Uh, home game there, based on what he did during spring training. You and I watched him quite a bit. I, I like the upside. There, there are some very interesting arms here who are absolutely worth uh, watching. And another one for me that I'm not starting but watching is Domingo Herman of the Yankees. Watch out for Arizona's lineup. Christian Walker, I've been telling everybody the power's real. He should be playing against a lefty instead of Jake Lamb. Now we're hearing Lamb might play some third base to get Walker's bat into the lineup. Marte finally stole a base. That's it's interesting, and I want to see what Merrill, Merrill Kelly does too, as well. And the Padres outfield, I mean, Hunter Renfro is the guy to drop, right? I mean, just not not playing regularly. Um, moving on to Tuesday, ESPN Plus has Chris Sale in his second outing at Oakland against Mike Fires. I expect Sale will be better in this one, don't you? I yeah, I do. And without question, you're starting him for this game. I don't care what how he looked, how the velocity was in game one. You're starting him. Period. Please don't overrate one outing. I mean, yes, it was great that Jordan Zimmerman did well. Now he's at Yankee Stadium on Tuesday. You're crazy if you start Jordan Zimmerman at Yankee Stadium. doesn't mean it'll be awful, but the the numbers for the last couple of years and the velocity readings tell us don't buy in. Um, Tuesday night, Bryce Harper returns to Washington. Max Scherzer is the starting pitcher. Um, who hits more home runs this year, Kristen Yelich or Bryce Harper, and how many? <laughs> I will take Harper with 37. See, I, I will too. I don't want to totally just run away from my Yelich prediction, but he just torched the Cardinals. It's almost like they had no clue what to do with him. But I, I have to expect Yelich was hitting 35 home runs now. Um, Harper looks great. Philly's lineup is so deep. Re- add Mike Alfranco. He might hit the record for home runs out of a number eight slot in a season is 22. Well, Franco can hit 22. Now he may not hit six or seven. It was a long time ago. So Jim Bottomley? I don't remember who oh. the guy was. I thought it, it was, was It was not recent. I thought it was Brochus. No, Brochus it was, was the RBI, I think it was, yeah. And then I saw on TV the record for most home runs out of the ninth slot. Mike Bordick and Rick Dempsey, I believe, in, in, a, in a career out of, the nine, out of the nine spot. But out of the eight spot, 
the record is like 50 years old with 22. Because if you hit that many home runs, you move up in the line. Phillies lineup, you really can't do that. Um, anyway, that should be interesting. Uh, the Phillies and the Nationals, they start their series, a brief series, on Tuesday. Any other starters here that we need to mention to pick up? Don't worry about Blake Snell. It'll be fine. Kyle Freeland at Tampa, you want him. You want him for that outing, I think. I, um, I, think- I, I added Yandy Diaz in every league. Is that wrong? Is it right? Leo, let's bring you in here before your time runs out. Yandy Diaz, give me his final numbers. Batting average, homers, RBI. 280 batting average, 17 homers, 70 RBI. Hmm. I, like, I it. like that. He yeah. hammers yeah. the ball, but it is always into the ground. Yeah, yeah. But he Except makes really good hit. contact. <laughs> He's occasionally going to going to, to to drive the ball, but yeah, the ground ball rate's probably going to be still at fifty percent. I, I like your projection. Uh, what I team because there's no angle there, not yet. Pull a Yelich in the second half and do that. ESPN on Wednesday night, John Lester and Julio Tehran, two pitchers. I'm pretty sure Tristan does not like. Um, I did get Lester in a couple leagues just because nobody wanted him. I don't think he's going to be that bad this year. 375 ERA, 15 wins. I'll take that. Tehran, I'd, I'd worry about. Although this first game wasn't all that bad at Philadelphia. Um, anything you want to say here? I mean, obviously, the trends are not working well for Lester or Tehran. I don't, I don't, well, first, I don't know that I dislike either guy. And I actually am personally a very big Tehran fan. I have been for a while. Um, but I didn't like the value on Lester. And I feel like in Tehran's case, I, I just don't think there's an awful lot of upside. So I just didn't rank him that great. But, yeah, definitely uh, we'll keep an eye on that, see if uh, see how they do in the second starts for, for those guys. Um, I, I want to see the Ross Stripling game. I still am a very big believer in him. It's a good matchup. We've, we've been <laughs> kind of railing on the Giants lineup there. Home game against them. I think that's one of the better matchups of the week, and and at least of the ones that aren't already obvious. And first outing for Freddie Peralta, Milwaukee, did not go well. Couldn't throw strikes. He's on ESPN Plus Wednesday afternoon. I'm going to use him. Answer your door. I'm going to use Freddie Peralta at Cincinnati on Wednesday. What say you? That whole that whole rotation. You know I love Woodruff. You stole him from me in that ESPN league over the weekend. I should have taken him with my first round pick. I didn't do it. Um, I've got um, Burns in that league, Corbin Burns, who struck out, what, 12 yesterday in five innings? That's a lot. Um, Nelson on the, re- on the recovery from the shoulder. Uh, Zach Davies I added in Towers. Right. Two-start week for Zach Davies. One is at Cincinnati. So I added Zach Davies. I didn't have to cut anybody. It was cheap. I'm going to admit thoughts that I'm... on Freddie Peralta and the Brewers? I'm I'm not a big not a, per- not a fan. I'm not a big Peralta guy, and I'm not a big Davies guy. Uh, nobody wanted Davies in drafts, so I did end up in one or two shares of him just because I think you can mix and match there. But he just doesn't get the K's to to be trusted, and I don't think for, that per- Freddie Peralta really has the stuff to be a high impact fantasy pitcher. I think that this this is effectively this year the second time around the league for him. I think people have a book on him, and I feel like it showed up in that first start. It's a soothing music. It's also soothing to know that there's state baseball today. I love it. So this, that, yeah. Day baseball is the best. There's, yeah, right. The schedule. Why, why, Friday, there was no day I, baseball. Oh half the teams off. You really need to be off on the second day of the season? Really? Yeah, I didn't. That's the that's the rain uh, fallback. If there's rain outs on opening day, then they can bump the openers into the Friday day games in the, the cold weather and rainy city. Right, what about this Friday? 
Well, okay, this so for... not playing this Friday, too. Because those are a couple of cases where the home openers for those teams are on Thursday, so they're probably running into the same thing. If that's not the explanation for certain teams, then I'm totally with you. I agree. That's it's terrible. I agree Whatever. with you guys. There. We got... baseball all day today. Let's get some questions. All day is the best way to do it. We got Ryan coming in with a question on Twitter. He wants to know why David Robertson had such a rough outing or rough weekend, realistically, and how safe is his job in the ninth inning? I don't. I don't think his job was ever safe at all in the ninth inning. <laughs> I think when Kapler said he was going to mix the match, he meant it. I think I, I recommended Robertson a month ago, and then I started to realize that that just was not going to happen. Phillies beat reporters were saying this. Um, I didn't believe them originally because it. <laughs> Now, Kapler's got three right-handed arms. One, They can all get lefties out. They can all pile on the strikeouts, differing levels of experience. If that game last night was 4-1 to one instead of 5-1, to one, I believe Hector Neris still would have closed it out. I think Saturday it was Dominguez. I, I, I think they're all going to get double-digit saves. So in terms of leash, I wouldn't worry about Robertson struggling. If you want to drop Robertson in your 10- or 12-team league because you're afraid he's not going to get 20 saves, go ahead who are you adding? Are you adding Greg Holland or Shane Green or somebody else? I don't know if it's safer. You, you could have a more valuable season of a, from a relief pitcher if he gets you 80 strikeouts and a 275 ERA with only 12 saves as opposed to what Green and Greg Holland are going to do for you. I, I don't follow the Phillies like Eric does, so I don't entirely know that I have a right to judge on their usage of the bullpen this weekend. But Robertson did pitch the ninth two of those three games, the two games in which he made an appearance. And to me, I, I still think he'll be involved, but I agree with you that it's going to be mix and match and heavily mix and match. I still think Robertson leads the bullpen in saves. I just don't think it's the number. It might not. We threw 25 as the number in the preseason. Let's temper that a little. Okay. Yeah, I'd say 20. Around 20 for him, but Dominguez should get teens. If he's at 20 then, and you said, Eric, that... Uh... Innings might be more valuable than saves at that point. Would you take Archie Bradley over? No. Not going that far. I think Robertson could have the same season as Archie Bradley in ERA, whip, and strikeouts. Archie Bradley's not exactly – he's not a 100 strikeout guy. No. Right. And right. Archie Bradley saves 15. You know, I mean, you're you're also down Greg Holland. I, if we're having this conversation in July and Holland's still closing, like Shane Green, I think it's the same thing. I really do. I think Archie Bradley and Joe Jimenez are setup guys for their teams. They are not going to be closers this year. Right. I, I'm going to, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to bet on Holland keeping the job. If if Holland has the Rockies year that he had, yeah, you're right. Brad, Bradley's not going to figure at all. And then it's Robertson by a handy margin. And and I, I like exactly what you said there about Archie Bradley. I think there's this perception that he's a 100K guy. He is not. He's a 9 per 9 guy. Alrighty, Eric, you mentioned it yeah, earlier. Be careful the sh- there. Um, we've got Giancarlo yeah, Stanton go being placed on the IL list recently. What do you guys take on that moving forward? Yeah, I think Tristan mentioned it. Um, Clint Frazier should play, and but they're not, not going to bat him third or fourth. So you're a little bit concerned about the run production in the middle of the lineup, but Luke Voigt looks fine. Luke Voigt looks like I want to compare him to somebody as an established, like, first base numbers. Like, he's not going to do what Jesus Aguilar did, but 
Let me think of a first baseman here. Because I want to get this one right. Like, Luke Voigt's a 25-homer guy who bats 290, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I could say I don't know why I, he didn't do that with the Cardinals, but... I, I feel like maybe the average is a little bit optimistic, but the homers might be under-projecting it. Uh, you know what strikes me about Voigt is that he, he's got a little of the J.D. Martinez flair, where... I love the power ability to the yes. opposite field. In Yankee Stadium, it is a, an extremely underrated fit for the park. And I might have just massively underrated him to the point that he could be better than Jesus Aguilar, where we drafted Aguilar in the preseason. He could be better than that. There is an upside that, that you know, reaches that ceiling. So is he, is he maybe rich There's man CJ Crumb? The, the witch? Um, the same power with a higher batting average. Yeah, I, I I think I think there's a path where Luke Voigt could end up higher on the player waiter than I, we're not, I'm not even talking Cedric Crone. I'm talking like Edwin Encarnacion, Justin Smoke, uh, Jose Abreu. I think there's a path where Luke Voigt beats them all out on the player waiter. Yes. To, to me, Voigt's already a clear step ahead of Crone, so I I just. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling like I did not get anywhere near enough shares in Void. I hate to overreact to just a couple of days with that, but I, I saw the opposite field power, and I, I didn't. I just, I didn't invest enough. Yeah, it looks legit. I, I would say the Yankees—they made a good hire on Luke Voigt because you know hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart—a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applicants come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, listeners to this fine show can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell, because ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. All right, guys, we got Nick coming in from Twitter here. He bought heavily into Joe Musgrove this offseason, but noticed he was coming out of the bullpen this weekend. Should he be concerned or dropping him, or will he eventually be in the rotation? Oh, people overreact. Shane Bieber's the other one, Tristan, and there's probably others who are promising fourth or fifth starters for their team, but because there's so many ridiculous off days in the first week, they can't get into the rotation. I'm sure... And Bieber aren't the only ones, right? Yeah, um, they're the two most prominent ones. This the this reaction is utterly irrelevant, 100%, because they, first of all, the Pirates had a rain out. That's what caused Musgrove to get pushed back. They didn't want to just waste him and have him sit for a week not pitching at all. He's scheduled to pitch the Thursday game against the Reds at home, assuming there are no delays between now and then. And Bieber, I think people are reacting a little bit too much to... Uh, the Indians putting Corey Kluber on the four days rest schedule. So he will pitch the Tuesday game and Bieber's going to slot in there either Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. Most likely they're going to find a way to get him into that rotation, but they're in the rotation. These guys are locked in. There's no real questions for me. Between Bieber and Musgrove, who do you like more? 
Um, Bieber for me. Me too. Okay, next. All right, we've got Spencer on Twitter here asking if Whit Merrifield is basically just discount Trey Turner this season. I kind of thought he was back in drafts, Tristan. Merrifield in round four was a much better value to me than Turner in round one. I don't think Merrifield steals as many bases as Turner or hits as many home runs, but everywhere else, they're pretty similar. They're pretty similar. I I, I feel like Turner's got a little bit more natural power. I know the ground ball rates don't back that up, but if you look at things like the underlying metrics, the stat cast data, hard contact rate, the quality of contact for Turner shows a little bit more power potential of the two of them. And if he does attempt more stolen bases of the two, that's going to make him worth where he was drafted. I agree with you that, that, that Merrifield was a very good value. I feel like his ADP was lower than when, where I ranked and valued him in drafts, though. So I don't think it's really as far apart as people expect. You know, you want to say he's discount Trey Turner. I think I saw the original tweet for this where it said, you know, why don't you rate, wait five to six rounds, you know, later to get Merrifield. That wasn't happening. That, that wasn't happening. Uh, no stolen bases for your boy at Alberto Mondesi. If he has no steals in on April 20th, do people start dropping him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't agree? Huh? If the you, you See, you're not asking whether they should. You're asking whether they will. And they will. Oh, they're probably already doing it. They're probably already doing it, honestly. I, I, I'm just not even going on Twitter anymore to look at this stuff. Um, but that's not Twitter. That's, that... the, that's just ad drops. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I understand that, but there's not, if you're not going to be positive or optimistic, I, I, I don't have the time. Yes, I don't think Mondesi's being dropped yet, but we were comparing Mondesi to Turner a month ago. We really should have been comparing Merrifield. Yeah, we've, we've, <laughs> we've done the Mondesi and Trey Turner comp, and I, I, I'm, I'm scratching the word comp there. They don't belong, but Merrifield, yeah, is a, is a fair comp. I mean, I don't, and I don't think we did anything wrong by not comping these two players. I think we we ranked Merrifield fairly appropriately. Sounds good. What else we got? Alrighty, Ted has Sanzel and Kingery in an NL only redraft league. He wants to know if he can consider dropping either or both of them this early into the season. Man, in an NL only, how can you drop either of those guys? I can't. So much upside. I'll tell you this. Kingery's not going to play enough. Senzel, when he's healthy, will play, I think, regularly. Probably in center field. I don't... I mean, Kingery... Unless Franco or Cesar Hernandez get hurt, Kingery just ain't going to see the at-bats. He's going to bat 200 times this year. And that's it. And he can steal 12 bases doing that. But I don't see how Kingery... And, and we always tell you, draft skills, not roll. But man, this Phillies team... I, like, if an outfitter got hurt, Nick Williams would play over Kingery. So, this is only second short of third. We know how durable those guys are. So, I, I don't see... But again, I can't drop either of them. Can you? I lean towards no. I mean, every situation is different here. I cannot see how you'd cut Senzel. I, I, <laughs> everything you explained there explains why you shouldn't do that. I could see it maybe with Kingery if you have a need or if there's something that's interesting on your waiver wire. But And, and I know nobody cares about this league. Whatever. It's a nine-team NL-only league of mine that I have where the top five free agent names on the hitting side are Daniel Descalso, 
Jed Jerko, Mark Reynolds, Ernon Perez, and Curtis Granderson. Are any of them really that much more interesting than Kingery? Well, maybe by hair, but not enough that I'm racing to cut him. Nine-team NL? I mean, Labor is 12-team NL. And I'm trying to think. I was going to sign somebody to replace Lonnie Chisenhall, assuming the site put him on the DL. And I think the best name was Jose Iglesias, and he went for too much money that I was... I didn't even bother. I just activated Dominic Smith. Mm-hmm. There is nothing available on free agency in NRAL only. Why send Kingery or Senzel there? I, I can't do that. I But if I was going to cut one of them first, I guess it'd be Kingery. It'd have to be Kingery, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. when I saw a tweet this morning about Tim Beckham going for like 78 bucks in one of those expert leagues. Like, yeah. these only leagues just have nothing on the wire to the point where like, Kingery is just an injury to one of what five players away from playing every day for a couple months. So no, just one. If, yeah. if Cesar Hernandez goes in the DL with a hamstring or a Franco today, Kingery's the everyday player there. Right, right. That's what it's I mean. Any five. of five players, because like he could play five different positions. Essentially, yeah, is what I'm course. saying. Yeah. In fairness to that experts league, if if it happened to be the Tout Wars one, just listeners should keep in mind the Tout Wars Fab is a thousand dollar budget. So just divide it by ten. So it's seven dollars and eighty cents, right. which to me is still a lot in a hundred fab league for Tim Beckham. Look, I I, I paid three dollars for Zach Davies. Somebody paid hundreds of dollars for some. Like I don't remember the player, but I can look. Like it's it's a far different thing. But you paid in three NRA, cents. I paid three cents for Zach Davies. Yeah, in a traditional and, hundred and, league, you paid three cents. That's good pickup. I thought so. I I tried to spend eight on Taylor Rogers, and he went for over a hundred dollars. Which means that basically he went for like twelve dollars out of a hundred. Now, and I, I just wasn't willing to spend that. Now I should spend more, but I also don't really have in that league. You have to have them active when you add them, which is right. why I, I, I had to wait for Yandy Diaz because I have Chris Davis already at DH. Yandy Diaz is going to be eligible at third base in about a week or two. That's gonna. We'll talk about position cha- eligibility changes, ads, I guess, because nobody's losing anything, but. Yandy Diaz is one of the guys to watch there, Tristan. He's going to add third base eligibility soon, maybe first base too. Yeah. And, uh, another uh, one that I've been looking at is uh, is uh, Jose Peraza, I think, has a shot at second, if I'm not mistaken. Right. He's probably your middle infielder, not your starting shortstop. But, you know, Jake Lamb will add first base. I mean, there's a bunch of ones that are kind of minor to me. To me, Diaz is a major one. Yeah, G- G-Man Choi, G-Man Choi should be adding first base as well. Right. Yep. Yep. That's important because, you know, maybe maybe you already have Nelson Cruz in your DH spot and you can't activate Choi or Diaz. I'll also watch for pitchers. You guys remind me if I'm wrong, but, like, Kyle McHugh is not starting pitcher eligible yet. Right. And that – like, I have a league where it's you have to have three relievers and six starters, and I've got McHugh active instead of a closer, which means I, I could fall behind in saves. But, I mean, McHugh has to be rostered. Brad Keller, I think, is another. There might be some. I'm yeah. trying to think who else I Keller's have dual. in that league. I think he's dual. But I have somebody else who's just relief pitcher Woodruff. only. And I can't. Woodruff. Woodruff is one. another. Uh, is Yannick Charanos is Burns? one. Corbin Burns is another oh. one. This was a wow, huge, did, what did it, huge controversy yeah. in my points league where we had uh, guys that we cannot use in our starting pitcher spots because they're relief only. Julio Arias was another one that comes to mind. We're talking about eight committed members of rotations that were draft worthy in that league that you couldn't slot there and it's the Yandy Diaz problem on the pitching side so make sure you check those rules these guys when they get eligibility at the other spot that gives them a big advantage and Leo tell me what you think of Yanni Chirinos I thought that was going to be an opener for two or three innings I didn't think he was going to go into the eighth inning yeah I mean 
Honestly, my guess would have been that someone would have opened for him and that he would have been a bulk guy. But, yeah, they just put him out there and let him go. And he was really efficient, which I think is the reason why he got so many innings in. Um, we won't always see that many innings out of him. I don't think that you should expect quality starts regularly from Ch- uh, Chirinos, even if he does start, which, I, like I said, I expect he'll he'll follow an opener more often than he'll start. Um, but, yeah, he looked really good. Like, watching him and Paddock this weekend, like, I was really, I, I kind of viewed them on equal footing in terms of what I was seeing from them. And I do believe that um, when Jose Alvarado does not get the saves, it's clearly Diego Castillo. I actually predicted that. But I think maybe 10 saves for Castillo is about all, unless Alvarado gets hurt or is used earlier in games. I think still think Alvarado gets around 25 saves and Castillo maybe 10. Yeah, but I would Castillo say that they're good. both safely out of like the opener discussion. Um, yeah. Castillo maybe a little less so. I could see him doing it, but like Alvarado is a late inning high leverage guy for sure. All right, any more hash browns here? We got one more hash brown here coming from Eric. He wants to know who the best Daniel Murphy replacement is. He's got Castro, McNeil, Lowe, or Pinder all available. Lau. Lau, my yeah, bad. Brandon I Lau. can't look at that. I, I'm going to start spelling it differently. <laughs> if you want home runs, Brandon Lau, I think, can hit more than 20. And I don't see him on the most added list in ESPN. Well, he yeah, had most added... He didn't oh, play a ton, um, but Joey Wendell got hurt uh, and might be out for a little bit. So if if Brandon Lau does start playing, then you'll want to keep an eye on him. Would you, Tristan? Would you add Brandon Lau or Enrique Hernandez? Ooh, yeah, that's a. Uh, um, I'm going to speculate on Brandon Lau. I I I'm probably going to regret this, but I I see something in him. I really do. I do too, but I don't know how you could. Adam over Hernandez. I would add yeah. Lau over over Jeff McNeil, over Ian Kinsler, over Pinder. Pinder now is just platooning, which and against lefties, so he's just not going to play enough. Um, McNeil, I just don't think he has any power, but he's the everyday third baseman for the Mets. He, I think Jeff McNeil could bat three hundred. He could be Yunel Escobar. No, I Yunel know Escobar mean. was a helpful fantasy option. He always hit for average. Usually batted near the top of a lineup, so he score runs. But he he never would hit like ten homers or steal ten bases. So like we pick on him for that. But that's kind of Jack McNeil, right? I guess. All right. Um, sad note. Today's the final show for our beloved editorial watchdog Leo Howell, who is uh, moving on to greater things at another company. And Leo, of course, is um, he's more than a coworker. He's a good friend of ours. We wish him well and is in in New York City. Stay in touch. Do well there. I think Tristan, you you agree with me? I, but I without say, question do, and and thank you so much for all of your contributions to the show over the past several years. It's we're going to miss you. We are. Yeah, no yeah. problem, guys. Thanks, thanks for uh, allowing me a microphone. Thanks for um, being great coworkers and and like you said, friends and league mates. And Tristan for beating me every time he's in a league with me. It's uh, it's been great. <laughs> We we got plenty of opportunities to change that this year, so we'll we'll, we'll keep playing. We'll keep competing. Well, they're dropping like flies here on the Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's now Tristan, me, and Kyle. Um, Thank you so much for listening to Monday's show. I think we'll be back on Thursday, and we'll be talking baseball. We'll be preparing you for the weekend. I'm sure there'll be more injuries to discuss. Yelich will have 15 home runs by then. Uh, There'll be new closers. Anyway, lots to discuss, so please... For everybody who makes this show great and listens to us, we thank you. For Leo, for Kyle, for Tristan, I am Eric. Have an awesome week.
Everything is awesome. Darkness.